Hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest edition of Cash That with Joe Delera. That's me and producer Corey. That's Corey. Uh, we are going to start off hot again. We have been giving out these best bets to start off the podcast. And so far this year, we are six and one. You'd in the last three episodes, you would have had to listen for a total of three minutes and you would be up 4.46 units. So today's bets, I'm going to hit you with them right now, are the Bucks minus five versus the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks minus three and a half against the Toronto Raptors. I expect these lines to move. So get these bets in, like pull over if you're driving, do whatever you got to do. Get these bets in ASAP so you get that closing line value. And uh, as always, we will be back to touch on these a little bit later. But uh, the first thing I'm going to do today is I appreciate all the listeners, and we have been listening to you. And we want to get a couple of guests in here. So I'm teasing them a little bit right now. One of them is a buddy of mine. He is an MBA writer, analyst. He's not a betting guy. But we are going to talk about a little bit about his process. We're going to talk about some of the tools that he uses. And I think it's going to be a really interesting and enlightening episode for a lot of people. And it's going to be a little bit different. So uh, I'll still test him on a couple gambling things, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then the second guest that we're going to also bring on, we are going to open up a little bit of hockey action. I know that that's weird. Like, Joe, what the puck? Like, what are we doing here? But... I, this is one of our buddies. We used to have him on the odds cast. Uh, he would be kind of a recurring guest here. And uh, his name's Matt DeLeo. He is going to talk a little hockey. He's had some plays here. He's had a couple things about goalie props. So we will get him in the next couple weeks so that it's not just me talking into a cavern uh, and you guys listening. So, uh, you know, and, and myself listening to up those plays. So this is, this is going to be kind of exciting. Uh, let us know if there's any questions that you have for any of these two, we will put it out on the Twitter machine and we will see what we can get from going on there. So I think it'll be a really cool opportunity. It's going to be a cool interview and we're going to get some really interesting information, different strategies, what have you. Um, <clears throat> so aside from that, Looking forward, besides just that, we are going to be touching on a little bit of horse racing when we get towards the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown action. So stay tuned for that. But if there's any other guests that you guys are really interested in hearing from, let me know. Give us a holler if uh, if you have something good to say, and then we'll we'll see if you can, we can get you on here for a couple minutes or you know like ten minute segment or so. Um, but with that being said, I want to pivot back to the tried and true. We're back on the NBA and we are officially in chaos mode here. There's a lot of guys that have gotten hurt. Um, we're looking at Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets. Bam Adebayo is back for the Miami Heat, which is uh, which is definitely something we'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, Zach Levine is going to be out for a couple games, maybe this week. And DeAndre Ayton also is hurt. So we're, we're missing those guys and we're missing Desmond Bain, uh, who we will be talking about in a little bit when I talk about the Bucks and Grizzlies matchup for, uh, for Wednesday. Uh, we'll, I'll touch on his absence and what that means for this Memphis team. But Obviously, the two biggest names here are Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Um, both of them are actually were favored 
to win their respective awards, the MVP race and the defensive player of the year. Now, Kevin Durant, we're hearing he's going to be missing at least four weeks, but it looks like it's probably going to be six. Uh, This might take him out of the MVP conversation. And that's a very interesting situation because he had just surpassed Steph Curry in those standings, actually. So now, you know, we have uh, Steph Curry is back at being the favorite, which is, which is a little surprising, but now you're kind of, it's not like, just in terms of what his odds are, because they're still just plus 150. But now we're seeing the rest of the list is Giannis Antetokounmpo at 301, Nikola Jokic reigning MVP 6 to 1, Joel Embiid at 12 to 1, John Morant at 16 to 1. And then you start getting into uh, a little bit more of your long shots with DeMar DeRozan at 30 to 1 and the King, the GOAT. LeBron James at 40 to one. So Durant has fallen to 10 to one odds here. I don't think that this is a play. I think that you really have to fade Durant in this spot. Um, It doesn't, I don't think he's going to be able to get enough games in. I think that you're really treading, you're treading a line here where to open a position on a guy that's 10 to one, knowing that he might cap out at under 60 games played. That's a tough, that's a tough ask. And I mean, John Morant, he missed his games earlier in the season. I think it's, um, it's sort of like a recency bias thing, especially with the voters, but the nets are supposed to be good. The Grizzlies weren't supposed to be good. So I think that like, I think that John Morant is a more live play than Kevin Durant at this point, even though his, counting stats aren't exactly like obviously aren't as good. He's not putting up as many points as Durant, but I think that John Morant is a, is a play here, especially if you can get a line that's maybe closer to 20 to one. I was able to grab him at 30 to one a couple weeks ago, but I think that he's a play. I think that Curry, like if you didn't bet Curry by now, then I wouldn't start opening a position at this point in time. I mean, like he's always like, like he's in a big shooting slump right now. And maybe he can come back from this. But I mean, I saw a line today, which was uh, his three point line was three and a half. I haven't seen a three and a half Curry line in, I, I think, since the time I started betting on sports. Um, that just doesn't happen. It, that's how bad his slump is right now. And a lot of this is tied to Draymond Green. So I'll tease Draymond Green stuff right now. Uh, and then we'll get into Defensive Player of the Year in a little bit. But I mean, Draymond's been doing, Draymond's real impact with the Warriors is that he's able to be a facilitator Curry. Like we've talked about this before. Curry's not like he's a good facilitator. Like he can man the point guard position, but he's really a shooter. He's the best shooter in the history of the NBA. And Draymond kind of unlocks that for him. Uh, We've seen that now, like they're not going to roll over. They're still going to beat teams, but losing Draymond is significant. I think his impact on defense is one thing, but I think that because of the way he can play, he can really work as a role man. He can work as a secondary passer. He can really find some open lanes here that affects Curry because Curry's not able to move off ball as effectively. And clay Thompson, he's only playing about 20 minutes a game right now. Clay is not like an assist guy. He's not a rebounds guy. He's a points guy. All he does, he doesn't even dribble. He just shoots and makes three pointers and he's a pretty good defender, but you know, that's obviously limited. Now he's a little bit older. He's a little bit slower. He's off that injury. So I think that this warriors team it's, it's creating a little bit of Draymond's not really replaceable player for them. And I think that 
not having Draymond is going to impact Curry moving forward. Now, we don't know how long Draymond's going to be out. Draymond might be back in like a week, but he also is possible he's out in a, he's out for a month because the Warriors just like, well, we just need to make the playoffs. Like that's what we're concerned about. And that's the similar concern that I have with Kevin Durant is like, why would you rush him back when your main goal is succeed in the playoffs? Plus <clears throat> for Kevin Durant over the next 14 games that they have, 11 of them are on the road. So Kyrie Irving can play in all those games. So I don't expect the Nets to really fall too far without Kevin Durant. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about the Nets a little bit more uh, after I go through these MVP candidates. I think that Giannis definitely has an opportunity here. The Bucks are still rolling. They don't have Drew Holiday. They dealt a million injuries, and Giannis has kind of been at the center of that. I think that the Nuggets are going to – they're just not – Unless they can make a push to be a top four seed, which is possible, but probably not probable, um, which would then require, you know, John Morant to fall a little bit more as well. I, I don't think that Jokic can, Jokic can win again here. Um, so DeMar, I, I think you're out on. I don't, I don't like that bet at all. And LeBron at 40 to one presents some cash out value, but that's going to be, that's a tough ask. The Lakers are not nearly as good. Maybe if there's a trade that's made and they're able to really make a push in the Western conference, then it's a play. But otherwise I, I think that that's tough uh, unless you're just going for some cash out value there. But the big thing with the Durant injury is, you know, obviously it's going to impact, you know, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, uh, and what they do. Uh, both of those players see significant upticks in their points scored they score about four points more or Irving scores about four points more without Durant and Harden scores about six points more so expect them to take on a higher like offensive load and some of these other guys that are it looks like they're going to stay around you know you got Patty Mills is continuing to hold his value Joe Harris is traveling with the team now so Joe Harris's return would impact Patty Mills more than anybody he brings a little bit more size he brings a little bit different uh skill set and physical set um, than Patty Mills can while Patty Mills is a little bit more redundant to Irving and Harden. But we've seen Patty Mills become a, basically a three-point shooter, a three-point specialist, which is something that is more in Joe Harris's role. So I'm curious to see how those minutes get allocated when Harris returns, especially if Kevin Durant's still out. Um, it could actually increase Patty Mills' value if he's running a second unit at, like on his own, as opposed to having to play a complementary role alongside of Harden and Irving. Irving. So that's something to keep in mind. And then some of these guys, we're going to have to see who really steps up. But they, the Nets have Cameron Thomas, Delray Sharp, and uh, they've got um, Kessler Edwards. So somebody, somebody there is going to stick for a couple weeks uh, while Durant's out. And I think that there's some opportunity there. Um, <clears throat> But looking at looking beyond that, the Nets are likely to fall. It's possible the Nets fall a little bit, and that can open up a one seed for maybe the Bucks, maybe for the Miami Heat, who have now gotten Bam on a bio back. I just need to I need to talk about this because I'm going to have a fit. But Bam on a bio comes back. I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, Dwayne Deadman is the Deadman. Like he's the one that's out. My dude. Omer, you're at seven, averaging a double-double. 
in like the 13, in the last 12 games that he, that he played, he averaged 12 and a half points, thir- over th- almost 14 rebounds and two and a half assists in 30 minutes per game. Per game. He got zero minutes the first game Bam Adebayo came back. It's insane. It's absolutely mind-boggling. I don't know how, if you're in Miami, you don't let this guy play. He like it's you just don't get guys that can come in and just average like a 13 and 13 double double as a rookie. And like I get that he was getting minutes, but still like minutes don't necessarily equate to success. So I'm really curious to see what they do here. I think that it could be interesting if the if Miami can start playing like a two big lineup with Bam and your seven, that could really open up that their like defensive abilities here. And like, I think it might actually make them a little bit better matchup for the Bucks because you assume that, you know, if Brooke Lopez comes back, that Giannis is then playing the four. So you'd be able to have your seven playing the five while, while Bam plays the four. And I think that that gives you a little bit better defensive matchups there. I, I just, I can't, I can't get over this and I really need to see what they do here because I think that, this is a really big opportunity for this roster uh, for Miami to give them a different tool that they can use uh, to not only like limit Bam's minutes, like you have a guy that was averaging, you know, like a 13, 13 double, double, but you're getting an opportunity to, you know, use some different personnel and maybe like create a bruiser type of lineup with your seven at the five and Bam at the four. So I'm hoping that he plays more minutes. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted. Um, it absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> and then uh, I think that Levine, he's going to come back in a couple games. I, I'm not super worried about him. Uh, but in the meantime, you'll probably see, you know, Alex Caruso take a step forward. Um, I, I think that that's fine. Now, I, in terms of defensive player of the year, there's definitely an opportunity here in a window to bet on Rudy Gobert. I think that there's some voter fatigue in voting for Gobert. Uh, but with the injury to Draymond, I'm not running. To, I'm not running to go bet on this because I think they want to give it to Draymond. Draymond it was a prohibitive favorite. He still is favored to win this award. And I, I don't want to go rushing to bet on anybody else uh, for this for this award, especially considering how, you know, the odds are like Draymond's plus a hundred, Rudy Gobert is plus 175. And then Giannis is seven to one, but then basically nobody else is within 25 to one. So I'm not rushing to go bet this. Maybe if you only have a Draymond position, uh, this is a good opportunity to hedge. Uh, if, if that's something that you're interested in, but you could, you could also just kind of wait a little bit. I don't think that being out for a week or two weeks is going to be the end all be all here because Rudy Gobert missed some time with the health and safety protocols. So I think that Draymond's impact, especially if the Warriors struggle, it almost like makes it a stronger argument for him. So that's that those are kind of my thoughts on the MVP race and the defensive player of the year race. Dan, I'll take him out of here. Book him. All right. Now, looking at the NBA title, uh, you'll have noticed that the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors saw literally no change in their title odds despite these injuries. Uh, So this isn't like a buy low spot if you don't have positions on them. Uh, Maybe open one up on the Warriors, but I think you're better off waiting until you hear we hear more conclusive news about Draymond Green. The teams that are really standing out to me 
when looking at this are the Miami Heat are 14 to 1 on Caesars. And the Philadelphia 76ers are actually 20 to 1. And the interesting thing about the Sixers lately has been that, you know, Philly, they were just absolutely ravaged with COVID. And when you really look at it, when they've been healthy, they've still been, they've been like a pretty legit team. They're 25 and 18. Uh, they have an, a net rating or an adjusted net rating of plus 1.7. But if you look over the past couple of weeks, they've been a lot better. They're plus seven in terms of point differential. So that's using some data from cleaning the glass and they're five and two when they have Joel Embiid, they are legit. And Embiid is playing some of the best basketball that he's played, you know, it, really since last year when he was in the middle of his MVP campaign and then, you know, he got hurt. Uh, so that was kind of the end of that, but there's a little bit of sneaky value on Embiid at 12 to one for MVP. And I think that, you know, the Sixers, they just kind of present a matchup problem for a lot of teams at, in the NBA because of Joel Embiid. We still don't know what the heck's going to go on with Ben Simmons, but they've got some time to figure it out. And this team is legit. Like, you know, like they, that five and two over the last seven or over their last seven games of the last two weeks, they are doing that with incredible defense. Uh, that's, you know, they're only allowing 105.5 points per hundred possessions on the defensive side of the ball. So I, if I'm looking at an Eastern conference, long shot, uh, that's not like a super long shot. I'm looking at the Philadelphia 76ers and I just, I like, I can't get over the odds on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are a hundred to one. There is just a 0% chance that this team should have a hundred to one odds when the Atlanta Hawks have 70 to one and the Boston Celtics have 60 to one. Those teams are not great basketball teams right now. Um, the Hawks are like, the Hawks are actually a bad basketball team right now. They have, they're number 19 in adjusted net rating. I understand that they just beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Shouldn't have happened. Uh, just absolutely should not have happened. And like their offense is great, but unless they make some sort of move, I, I think that they might be at the end of their rope here. Like they don't have, uh, they've been talking about moving John Collins. They've now lost a couple guys to injury. And, you know, they basically traded Cam Reddish to the Knicks for, for nothing. We gave him up for Kevin Knox. It was a great trade for the Knicks. Uh, and I'm using us because I'm a Knicks fan. And I wish that I was part of the organization because my heart and soul is as well. But I, I just, I don't buy that. I think that the, the Cavs should be getting way more respect. They're the number four team in adjusted net rating at plus 5.7. They have a top 13 defense at, or offense at 110.7. And their adjusted defensive rating is at 105. They've been doing this now too. Like they're doing this despite losing, you know, multiple guards. They've lost Colin Sexton. They've lost Ricky Rubio. They're dealing with injuries like the Isaac Coro and so on and so forth. But even over their last two weeks, they're six and two still, and they're still sitting at a hundred to one. I just think that you have to open a position on the Cavs. If you don't have one, you have to just for the ability to hedge it throughout the playoffs at a hundred to one. These odds are crazy. You just need to open a position. Um, I can't, I can't recommend them more. I understand that they're a little bit of a wonky team, but I mean, think about it. If, if the NBA playoffs started today, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be a top four seed in the East right now. They'd be playing the bucks. So that's problematic, but, but, uh, but you know, if they're able to move up at all, you know, if you, 
they're only they're only a game and a half back of the Bulls and the Heat for the one and two seeds here. So you might be able to play a series against, you know, we're not sure if the 76ers are going to fall, but you might be able to play a series against like the Hornets, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Hawks. These teams are like all, none of these teams are very good. There's no reason the Cavs can't win that series. And then you're in a position where in the conference semifinals, they got three rounds to go to the finals and you're sitting on a hundred to one ticket uh, that you've at least added to your futures portfolio here. I think that you just have to open a position on the Cleveland Cavaliers here. Um, so that's, that's me. I I'm off my soapbox right now. Uh, I talked about Omer Yurt seven and the Cleveland Cavaliers to have a day, <laughs> but all right. So we are going to bring it back to my two best bets for today's slate. We got a pretty big slate and <clears throat> which one do you want to hear about first Corey? Do you want to hear about the bucks or do you want to hear about the, the Mavericks? I want to hear about the Mavericks. All right. So the Raptors are heading to Dallas and they are going to be three and a half point underdogs to the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavs are scorching hot lately. They it's crazy global warming, I guess, but they're six and one over the last two weeks with a plus 13.1 point differential. And that's been buoyed by the best defense in the league over the last two weeks. They're allowing just 101.3 points per hundred possessions. They're nine and one over their last 10 games and that's seven and three against the spread. So extremely profitable. And they stopped that Grizzlies win streak. So they are good. They are back. The Mavs are back. Uh, we aren't kidding either. <laughs> Jason kid, you know, <laughs> so look, the offense was slow. And what really changed things for the Mavs is when they inserted Jalen Brunson into the starting lineup. Like he was starting when Luke was out, but he's really complimented him. And now that they're playing alongside each other, he's helping Luca facilitate. He's helping Luca play off ball. He's helping this offense not be stagnant where it's just Luca and then a bunch of other guys standing around watching. He can really help facilitate this offense. And that's really boosted the Mavericks as a whole. And I think it kind of improves their status as a contender even this year. And a lot of that was also coupled with Porzingis playing better. He's healthy. He's playing well on both sides of the floor. I have some, you know, bitterness towards Chris stops, but I won't let it affect my judgment here. And I have, At least we have a clean conscience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have biases on both sides of the line here. Uh, the Raptors have been awesome. We got Scotty Barnes. who's my dude. I love Scotty. And if his rebounds and assist line is anywhere under 10, it is an absolute hammer of a bet i'm like not even kidding he's hit this in like 80 percent of games this season we smashed it on monday i could i was stunned when i saw this line it was at eight and a half at uh like minus 130 and i was like this is an absolute joke and we might be able to get I, i'm hoping that we get that line you know what i'm looking for us right now and his rebounds and assist line is at nine and a half. It's an absolute hammer. We're hammering Scotty Barnes at nine and a half rebounds and assists. It's plus a hundred on FanDuel right now. And I'm literally betting it as this is a live bet. It's delayed for you, but it's a live bet for me. And we are putting this bet in. I'm locking it in. I'm telling you, this is a hit. We're betting on this. Um, and 
I think the Raptors have been good. You know, over the last two weeks, they're plus 4.9 point differential. Um, and they've been five and three over that stretch. They're seven and three over their last 10 games straight up and against the spread. So why do I like the maps? Well, they're at home. Sure. But in this matchup, Dallas absolutely smashes in the half court for offense and the Raptors are significantly better in transition. The problem is Dallas defends both the half court and transition well, and Toronto is about league average in half court. So Dallas has the edge here in the transition game, and that's the primary way that the Raptors can score. So if the Raptors, I think this could slow this game down and give Dallas a little bit of an edge. So I think this spread is fair, but I think we're getting a little bit of a discount because the Mavs like barely survived the thunder on Martin Luther King day. So I'm going to lay these three and a half points. and I'm going to take Dallas. Now we're going to go to the bucks. The bucks are taking on the Grizzlies. This game was going to be awesome. I was so excited for this game. And then my dude, Desmond Bain, my phone, my phone literally auto corrects his name to Desmond babe. And he is just, he's been incredible this year, but him and Kyle Anderson both just were entered into the health and safety protocols. So they're not going to be playing. The Grizzlies are also missing Dylan Brooks. I think that this loss of Desmond Bain is extremely significant, especially against this Milwaukee team who likes, who gives up a lot of threes and Bain helped stretch the floor. His stats were legit. 17.7 points, 4.4 boards, 2.4 assists, on 47% shooting and 42% from three-point range. The dude is a stud. And the thing is here, if you look at Bain's actual plus minus, it's about a net zero. Um, but that has to do with some of the minutes that he's played in you know, various games. But when Ja and Bain are both on the floor, the Grizzlies are plus 3.5 points per 100, and they score 115.9 points per on offense per 100 possessions. That's great. Those are good marks. When Jaws on the floor without Bane, they're a 0.0 net rating, and they only score 111.1 points per 100 possessions. So the problem here is that like when we actually break it down, Jaw and Bane play very well together. Uh, and Bain gives him an outlet for all the driving that he likes to do. So these teams, they're, you know, they're sixth and seventh in adjusted net rating, but right now the bucks are a lot more whole against this Grizzlies team. That's, you know, about to start this four game road trip without one of their best young players. So I, I really like the spot. I expect this line to be on the run and I would take this to as far as bucks minus six and a half. Uh, I would prefer to lock this five in. And I've tweeted about this, so uh, I'm kind of giving this out now, but I think that this line might have moved or it might move on you. Uh, but I do like the Bucks minus five, would take it to six and a half. I think that they're the better team right now. And I don't think that this Grizzlies team can really overcome losing Bain, Kyle Anderson, and Dylan Brooks against the Bucks. Uh, I think this is a good spot to fade Memphis, who's been incredibly hot this month. Uh, but I think this is a good spot to fade them after, especially after the Bucks lost uh, what was kind of a stinker to the Hawks on Martin Luther King Day. But I guess, you know, it would be tough for the Hawks to lose on Martin Luther King Day wearing their MLK jerseys. So here we are. But those are our two best bets for the week. It is the Dallas Mavericks minus three and a half and the Milwaukee Bucks minus five with 
Another prop bet on Scotty Barnes over nine and a half rebounds and assists at plus 100. These are all the bets that we're taking this week. Uh, and we will have some fun. I'll put out some, I'm going to wind up putting out some more picks. I've got a litany of picks right now in the action app. So please check that out. Follow me there. And, you know, we'll get some NFL picks in there. And I think that we're going to have a good time this week. I think that this is going to be a good week and you can say that to yourself. I think it's something good for your morale. Uh, but in that note of being good for the morale, we are going to take it to producer Corey for pods and racks. Buenos dias, ninos y ninas. Uh, I will be recommending the return of the righteous gemstones on HBO max slash HBO, but I watch it late cause I suck. Uh, you know, the deal, Danny McBride, Adam Devine, John Goodman, absolutely hilarious. Three episodes in so far, I believe. I just caught up yesterday. Fucking phenomenal so far. Can't recommend it enough. If anything, wait an extra week so you can then watch four in a row without getting your ass off the couch. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes in a row. Don't, they're quick hitters. And it was good? They're quick hitters. It's so fucking funny. Wow. I love this. Incredible show. Um, <laughs> I might have to. I might have to start that then. It's so um, fucking good. I know. I know. Me and me and uh, me and Jenna were looking for something to start watching. So this that is could it. Be an it's option. like Eastbound and Down on religious crack. It's so funny. <laughs> How many seasons? Is it new? Like, uh, second season. No? So there is a. Oh, I've watched season. none of it. Oh, dude, you have got to I watch got a it. Lot. It is so good. Like just by the names, I knew I was going to love it. And then it exceeded my expectations. Season one so far, it's exceeding my expectations for season two. You'll enjoy it. Actually good writing on top of the comedy gold. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Um, So I'm going to recommend uh, for those that are in, you know, like the tri-state area, I went to this, this may or may not have something to do with where I got COVID, but I don't know, but (laughs) I, uh, I'm going to recommend the comedy seller in New York. (laughs) It was awesome. Uh, I had a blast. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. They just have like a bunch of comics that do stuff for like on their, either on their own or with like SNL, Jimmy Fallon, you know, comedy central, whatever. And they kind of go in there and they like test out some of their skits and you're not, they put your phone in a bubble mailer. So you're not like allowed to take it out. You can't record anything. I went, uh, I went last Sunday, not this Sunday, this Sunday, the Sunday before and, or whatever. Yeah. It's Sunday. And it was the day Bob Saget died and very sad RIP, but Ari Shafir showed up. I don't know if you know who Ari Shafir is probably, but yeah. So Ari Shafir did an entire set on Bob Saget dying. I mean, he did an entire <laughs> set on Twitter the day Kobe Bryant died. It didn't get the yeah, same, you know? Abs- no, just just absolutely insane. So there's no um, better place to be when a comedian dies than in a comedy club. So kudos to you yeah, on so that, that. Stars really aligned for yeah. you there. <laughs> it was COVID worth the price of admission so, or what? Well, it was funny. Like the host actually made a joke, and he was like, "Well, you know, like if you didn't get COVID, at least if you get it here today, you'll have a cool story." <laughs> <laughs> Little did it's that like, asshole oh, know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, where did you get where did you get COVID? It like, oh, I was in the bro- I was getting broccoli. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, like the Bob so, Saget Memorial uh, Comedy Hour, right? So, would recommend it. Uh, 
I thought it was fun. I thought it was a blast. Uh, it wasn't crazy. It was like 17 bucks to drink minimum, but I'm not getting paid for this. I wish I was, um, but it's probably cause they don't think I'm a comedian. <laughs> Only me. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that's it for pods and recs and that's it for this week's episode. So hammer those picks and let's cash that. Get down, I came to get down, so get out your seat and jump around, jump around.